On today's episode of the Keto Cam Podcast, we bring on Dr. Tony Yoon to discuss the best health strategies for reversing your cellular age and helping you look younger as well. Let's do this. I have people come into my office every day to do consultations and I can tell the moment that I look at them if they're a smoker I can tell them in general kind of I can tell what kind of diet they have the type of lifestyle they have all based off the quality of our skin because in some ways our skin will really show what's going on the on the inside of our bodies We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I hope you've been having phenomenal holiday season so far. Whatever you celebrate, happy uh, celebration of whatever you celebrate. So Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, Happy Hanukkah. I hope you're having an amazing time this holiday season with friends and family with a lot of vitamin G gratitude. As we head into the new year, I'm excited to release an awesome interview today, a brand new interview with Dr. Anthony Yoon, Dr. Tony Yoon, who has such a huge following on YouTube and TikTok. And uh, for a good reason, because he's funny, educational, really, really smart. And he has a brand new book called Autojuvenation. This book is being released January 2nd, which is this, this coming Tuesday. However, you could pre-order it right now, today. We'll talk about that. The book is fantastic. Uh, we're going to take a deep dive into the book, this process of autojuvenation. So what does that mean? It means looking younger for life, feeling younger for life. Feel great and look your best with the new science of auto. Juvenation. So we'll hear his backstory. You'll hear why he's one of America's most trusted surgeons out there who offers groundbreaking approaches. We're going to discuss the reversing the age process by combining intermittent fasting, auto-juvenation promoting foods, things we can do for simple skincare routines, uh, best practices for sleep hygiene and lifestyle changes. We'll discuss sun exposure. There's so many benefits, right, to getting the sun, uh, the source, as we call it. I love sunshine. I love sun exposure. But then we have these anti-aging folks, dermatologists, et cetera, who are saying, you know, you got to stay away from the sun. The sun ages you. The sun promotes aging at an accelerated rate. So we get into this, this conversation on how to get the benefits of the sun without any of the drawback. He gave some good tips for that. We discuss why nourishment is in decline, unraveling the erosion of nutritional value in our food supply. He's going to share a little bit of a health history of what's happening to our food supply, sugar's role in aging us faster. I always talk about sugar and being a sugar burner and high levels of glucose and insulin is a quick way to age yourself rapidly. And Dr. Tony is going to share why that happens. We'll discuss the amazing anti-aging and health benefits of red light therapy, photobiomodulation, how it actually can help with wrinkles, help with inflammation, and even help with hair loss. We'll discuss autophagy through fasting and other means to achieve this cellular renewal process. We'll discuss his products, which I've been using actually for a couple months now, and I actually really like his products uh, Yoon Beauty Products, which we'll drop a link for down below if you want to check them out. And a lot more. You're going to love today's conversation. He's going to talk about, by the way, an, an autophagy diet, certain foods to add into the diet, into your nutrition to actually enhance autophagy. So this is all about you, Keto Camper. You want to look good and feel good. This is the episode for you. 
before I bring on Dr. Tony Yoon, I want to share with you that we're just a few days away from our brand new five-day keto kickstart challenge. This challenge is going to include some special guest speakers, including Dr. Eric Berg, who has over 11 million followers on YouTube. He's one of the most well-known keto educators out there. And we also are bringing on Cynthia Thurlow, my good friend, host of the Everyday Wellness Podcast, TEDx speaker, amazing author on the Intermittent Fasting Transformation book. She's been on the show before. We're going to bring on Cynthia. We have the Keto Camp team joining us as well. I'll be leading every session, five live streams, 90 minutes each, free, amazing speakers. We're going to go through a full curriculum of ketosis, carnivore, intermittent fasting, keto flexing. We'll discuss certain conditions like type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, autoimmune conditions, high blood pressure. And then most importantly, we're going to give you the blueprint to feel incredible in 2024. And I didn't even mention this. We're giving away over $20,000 in free prizes. All Anybody who joins, you are qualified to win over $20,000 in free prizes. So hey, head over to ketocampchallenge.com or click the link in the podcast notes down below and register your free spot. We start January 8th through January 12th five full days. It is going to be life-changing. Let's make sure 2024 is off to the right start. Let's get you some serious momentum, some amazing results. You look better, feel better, have more energy, you are more productive, and you're ready to kick butt. Hope to see you on that challenge. All right, let's bring on Dr. Anthony Yoon. Dr. Yoon is considered one of the nation's best-known experts in looking younger with or without surgery. His motto is, true beauty is holistic. And he believes all people can achieve their true beauty using a combination of holistic factors, which do not necessarily involve surgery, which I love, by the way. For the past dozen years, he has shared his tips for holistic plastic surgery on such television programs, such as The Rachel Ray Show, the Doctors, The Dr. Oz Show, Fox and Friends, and more. He has a brand new book that is about to be released, depending on when you're listening to this, January 2nd, 2024, titled Autojuvenation, Younger for Life. Here is Dr. Tony Yoon. Dr. Tony Yoon, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Well, it's an honor to be on your show, so I really appreciate you having me on. Credit to our mutual friend, Cynthia Thurlow, who connected us. We love you, Cynthia. We appreciate you. Everybody go listen to Everyday Wellness by Cynthia Thurlow. Amazing podcast. She is. She's, I mean, just such a bright light in the world and helping just so many, like millions of people to be healthier. I mean, it's great. And the fact that she connected us, I really appreciate her. Me too. Me too. And her TEDx talk has gone viral for good reason, all about intermittent fasting. Well, Tony, you're uh, somebody I admire very, very much. I was just telling you offline with your social media and your consistency, just you're fun to watch. It's, it's, you're getting educated and you're having fun at the same time. And I think that's where great teachers know how to do that. And you're one of those great teachers. So kudos to you for doing that. And you have a brand new book that's coming out next week. That's all about longevity and anti-aging and skin health. Younger for life, feel great and look your best with the new science of auto-juvenation. So we're going to talk all about the book, but before we even get to that, I want to know your backstory. I want you to share your backstory with my audience and how you got involved with the work that you're doing today. Yeah, thank you. So the day I was born, my dad decided I was going to be a doctor. I mean, he was a first-generation Korean immigrant, and so I kind of went along with it because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. And eventually, I ended up becoming a board-certified plastic surgeon. I went in private practice in uh, where I live in Detroit. I did actually a year of training out in Beverly Hills in cosmetic surgery. And I was always taught throughout my education to, it's kind of this, this saying in surgery, to cut is to cure, or you can only heal with steel. And as surgeons, we are taught that reaching the pinnacle of success in your field is when you do the biggest, most difficult operations. And so if you're a general surgeon, then that's the Whipple. The Whipple is like the king of general surgeries. It's like a 10-hour cancer operation. And if you're a training resident and you're lucky enough to scrub into a Whipple, you know, that's a huge, huge deal. As a plastic surgeon, I was always taught that the pinnacle of success in plastic surgery is the facelift. You know, some people may uh, have anybody do their liposuction, but you're darn sure that they're going to pick very carefully their surgeon if they're going to cut on their face. And so 
for many years, I practiced like a general plastic surgeon. And I actually gauged my success on the number of facelifts that I performed. As strange as this may sound, and I hit a pinnacle of what I thought was a pinnacle of success uh, many years ago, where I had patients flying in from all across the country to have facelifts done by me. And I had a, over a year waiting list and I thought I had done great. And then I had a patient have a horrible complication. And when it came down to it, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't her fault. It just something bad happened. And that's the problem with surgery is that you can dot all your I's, you can cross all your T's and sometimes bad things happen. And it sent me into an absolute spiral. And at one point I questioned, you know, should I quit being a plastic surgeon altogether? Am I doing the right thing for my patients? And it really, it came down to when I hit rock bottom, I finally realized that everything I taught had been a lie. And the goal I was always taught was to bring patients to the operating room. And I realized that my goal should be the exact opposite. It should be to keep people out of the operating room. And so I spent many years after that really studying a lot of things that I did not know anything about at the time. Nutrition, holistic health, all the different ways to improve how you look and how you feel about yourself without going under the knife or the needle. And I came up, you know, this kind of the, the, my new book, Younger for Life, is the culmination of all that using this process called autojuvenation that I coined as a way for people to use their body's own regenerative abilities to turn back the clock. And that's what I'm so proud to bring out there now. That's exciting. Yeah. So your, your dad said, as soon as you were born, baby Tony, you are going to be a doctor. And you did. <laughs> you followed the footsteps. I, I love that. But you know, a lot of doctors, medical doctors, they might have that thought process like, wait a minute, I'm not being proactive here. I'm being more reactive. But there's not a lot of money to be made from that. I mean, as a matter of fact, you might even lose your job if you start, you know, preventing people from being at your, your practice. And it's a very, was it a very difficult decision to make on your end? And did, did you get a lot of uh, arrows thrown your way from your colleagues? So it was not a difficult decision to make because I've always, you know, for me, the direction I always go in my practice is what's best for my patients. And now with the social media following I have, it's also what's best for my followers, you know? And unfortunately in the field of plastic surgery, with fame and with the money that comes with fame, there are unfortunately a lot of people in my field who are blinded by fame and money. And so they do things where it essentially all it matters is for them to make that money and get the fame, whether it's dancing in the operating room while somebody is asleep un under your care to let's say not believing patients when they say that their breast implants are making them sick. Um, and so you say, you know, you asked me, was there any time that you had blowback, you know, people push back against you? And that's probably been the most recent thing. Breast implants are something, it's the number one cosmetic surgery in the country. For years, it was considered to, that breast implants were safe for everybody. And the history of them basically is back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a big hubbub because a lot of women thought that maybe their breast implants were making them sick. And there was a big class action lawsuit against Dow Chemical. Dow Chemical went bankrupt. And then the uh, FDA put the breast implants on a moratorium in 1992 and lifted the moratorium in 2006. And that lifting of the moratorium on silicone implants basically was proof, proof in quotations to plastic surgeons that implants are safe for everybody. And this whole idea that implants be, might be making you sick is wrong, is a fallacy. And that was what I was always taught during my training. And it came to the point where I had patients come to see me and say, you know, I've got implants, I've got all these symptoms. Do you think my implants may be causing it? And my gut reaction had always been, no, you know, the, you know, the studies say that they don't. But the reality is, is I only looked at one group of studies, studies done by plastic surgeons, a lot of them plastic surgeons who are being paid by the implant companies. So I took the time to start looking into the research uh, in rheumatology literature and other types of literature and found that there is a lot of science to support that implants can make people sick. I put that out there many years ago, and yes, there was a lot of blowback. So with a lot of the stuff that I talk about now with nutrition and skincare and stuff, there isn't, you know, I don't get a lot of blowback for that. Occasionally I do, but but the implant thing, that was a big deal. And then I was actually kicked off of certain society leadership positions, I believe, because of my public stance on that. Well, kudos to you for having that stance. And uh, we fast forward to now, it's it's uh, becoming more common knowledge that breast implant illness is a real thing. Uh, and a lot of more women are getting them explanted and doing detox. They found mycotoxins and heavy metals and different 
bad things in these breast implants. And I mean, you could explain it better than I can, but I I do want to talk about your book. I want to get into some of the principles of anti-aging and and, uh, looking incredible and also feeling incredible. And and chapter one, something that I love about the chapter about what is aging and how we age gracefully is that you make a distinction between your internal and external age. And I'd love for you to unpack that because we have our chronological age. We also have our biological age. So what's the difference and how do we assess both? Yeah, I mean, you can look very young on the outside, yet be very aged on the inside. And by inside aging, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at it. You can look at it from the purely medical perspective of plaque, let's say, in your arteries. But you can also look at it from a more cellular perspective, from you know cells that, let's say, with the mitochondria that aren't maybe functioning as adequately or ideally as they should be. You know, one of the big things we talk about in the book, we can talk about this later if you'd like, is autophagy and the fact that we can get a buildup of cellular waste products in our cells, and that's not necessarily getting cleaned out unless you take the time to do things that you're recommending like fasting. Um, Whereas as a plastic surgeon, you know, it's funny because if you say, okay, you ask a holistic health expert, how do I get beautiful, younger looking skin? And they'll say you heal your gut. The gut is the key to the skin. And there is a gut skin axis that we are learning more and more about. You ask a dermatologist, how do you get younger, beautiful looking skin? And they'll say, wear sunscreen and apply a retinoid. And you ask a plastic surgeon and they'll say you get laser treatments or and or a facelift. And really, I think the truth is, and one of the big things with the idea of autojuvenation in my book, is that I don't know that there's ever been a book that has looked at aging, especially skin aging, from the inside and the out. You know, And so there's a lot of truth to what the holistic health experts say. The gut is the path to, uh, to beautiful and healthy and youthful skin. But There's also the knowledge that yes, you do get things like age spots and sun damage and things like that. That's not gonna be reversed if you you are on a great diet. There are treatments on the surface of the skin that can do that. And so ideally it's a combination of the holistic uh, with the traditional to get the best results for people. It's well said, you're right. Everybody has their bias, uh, their their lens they look through. So what, what are your favorite methods for assessing the health of your cells, the age of your cells. We know that there's telomere testing, there's methylation testing, there's different companies out there. Do you have a a current favorite that you use for assessing uh, your cellular age? You know, I don't. And I think that that's a very fascinating part of the field right now, because yes, DNA methylation is something I know Dr. Kara Fitzgerald had a fantastic book on that. You know, you can talk with there are all these anti-aging experts that have their own type of testing. You know, I did Viome and Viome too. You know, you can send your stool sample in and they tell you what your cellular age is. I don't know that I have one that I would say is a favorite because, you know, as a plastic surgeon, I'm not an anti-aging scientist. And I do believe that those scientists know so much more about this. I mean, when you've got, you know, Dr. David Sinclair, where he spent his whole career just on sirtuins, I mean, <laughs> you've got doctors that are a lot more into that type of of research and testing than I would be. So I would actually defer to them. I think the DNA methylation testing is absolutely fascinating, but I don't know that that's everything. You know, we do know with telomere shortening, the question, the problem with telomere shortening and using that as a guide of aging is we don't know if it's a consequence of aging or a cause of aging. You know, we just know that there are these certain types of of things that you do, whether it's smoking or, or, or drinking soda pop that can shorten those telomeres. But is it that, you know, the diet is causing that or the activity is causing it or it's a result of it? That's, I think, up to those scientists to really find out for us. Yeah, it's a good point. And I, I think it's still unclear. Uh, well, hopefully we get answers to those questions very, very soon because it is a fascinating area of research. What I do find really interesting, though, is that there are some studies that do show that the younger you look on the outside, oftentimes the longer that you live. And there's not studies that show exactly why that's the case, but they have looked at, let's say, identical twins and finding that the one who technically looks younger, if you compare the two, seems to have a longer life in general than the one who looks older. Now, once again, that's also is where's the cause effect here? We don't know. Is it that they're unhealthy and so their skin doesn't look as good and so then they're going to potentially die more prematurely? Or is it the opposite, that when you you know, feel you look good, that helps you mentally and can that help you potentially live longer? It's, it's probably multifactorial. Yeah, for sure. It's multifactorial. You mentioned uh, sunscreen, right, With for skin health. And there's 
so many benefits to getting sunshine, right? There's like, it's like a, the old, it's a free biohack, the source we have outside. So what's the balance here? What, what can we do to get the benefits of the sun without getting the sun burning? What are some biohacks and things we could incorporate? Yeah, exactly. So I think that, you know, with the sunscreen, that's a big topic because I have a lot of friends of mine who are in the holistic space who really, you know, the amount, you know, number one, vitamin D, we know that you need that you need sun to convert vitamin D for your body. But number two, there is that psychological benefit. You know, I live in Detroit and man, in February when it's gray, we often will go down to the Caribbean and just feeling the sun on your skin is so therapeutic. And so really for me, if, if you talk to my dermatologist colleagues, they'll say every day you put sunblock on, even if you're going to be in a dark basement all day, you still put sunblock on. Really? Uh, they will say that. Now, for me, I think that there's a happy medium there. And where's the happy medium? Well, number one, we know that you know, that excess UV damage will cause skin cancer. And as a plastic surgeon, I have seen horrific problems in people who've had skin cancer on their face. You do not want to get skin cancer on your face. I get patients that come to see me and say, I've got this little dot on my nose. I think it might be a skin cancer. And then they go see a dermatologist, they get Mohs surgery and they come back to see me and half their nostril is gone. Mm. It wow. is horrifying. So the number one thing that I recommend overall as a plastic surgeon is you want to avoid getting skin cancer on your face. So how do you do that? Well, definitely using sun protection is important, but what sun protection should you use? And this is where it's key. So sunscreens are basically, they're sunscreens, which are chemical, and sunblocks, which are mineral. Mineral sunblocks basically sit on the surface of your skin and they block the sun's rays. Chemical sunscreens are absorbed into your body, potentially into your bloodstream, and they create a chemical reaction when the sun rays hit your skin to essentially negate the effects of those sun's rays. Now, normally you would say, well, if that's the case, then why doesn't everybody just use sunblock, zinc oxide, titanium dioxide? Well, the problem with sunblocks is that because they are sitting on the surface of your skin, they're acting as a barrier, they can be visible. And especially if people have darker skin colors, it can create almost a ghostly type of a hue to their skin. But the problem with sunscreens, especially there's two of them, oxybenzone and octinoxate, that are potential hormone disruptors. Uh, they're also shown to be potentially harmful to the coral reefs. So you can't even use them if you're out in Hawaii or in the Caribbean oftentimes. So what do you do? Well, the first thing I recommend is for your children, use a sunblock. If they're going out, use a physical sunblock, zinc oxide, titanium dioxide. If your kids are at the beach and they have, you know, kind of the whitish color, they don't care because they're just running out on the beach. They're running in, the, they're having a good time in the water. Not a big deal. However, if as an adult, what I usually recommend is for the face, especially if you've got darker skin, then I recommend a sunscreen either with Megzoral XL or with Avobenzone. Both of them have been shown to not be hormone disruptors like the others that I mentioned. For the body though, I would recommend using a sun block, zinc oxide or titanium dioxide, um, because once again, it's not as big deal if you've got you know, a little bit of that color on the body, but most people don't want it on their face. That's a really good breakdown. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, this is the best thing I've ever tasted? If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality, are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part, this may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. 
And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally, and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and... $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. I'm in Miami, by the way. You're in Detroit. My Miami Heat just beat your Detroit uh, Pistons last (laughs) night, by the way. But uh, I get a lot of sun here, play basketball, I go to the beach. I don't really use a lot of sunblock, I never use sunscreen, but I, I rarely get burned. And I think you know, just for based off of like my diet, my nutrition, I don't eat a lot of vegetable seed or rancid oils. I'll do some experimentation where I'll take like astaxanthin before I'm going to be out in the sun for like four or five hours. And I've seen that prevent me from burning. I've also put things like lard. I have um, different products like for skincare lard on my face, which prevents me from burning. So what are your thoughts on some of those strategies that I've just been using for myself? So there are studies that actually do look at antioxidants like vitamin C and how actually eating vitamin C rich foods. So whether they would be, you know, berries as well as green vegetables can actually provide some protective effect of the sun. Uh, At the same time, it's believed that applying antioxidant like a vitamin C serum can also provide some sun protection. I think, you know, you've got like myself, a slightly darker color skin, so you're going to be less likely to burn. The problem is, and, and this is something that a lot of African-Americans say, well, you know, I don't burn, so I don't need sunblock. You can still get sun damage. And so there's UVB rays. Uh, UVB rays are the ones that will burn your skin. And there's UVA rays, which won't burn your skin, but will cause premature aging as well as skin cancer. The reason why you can drive in your car all day and not get burned is because the actual windows will block UVB rays, but not UVA rays. And there are photos of people who have, who like drive a truck for a living and one side of their face is very aged and the other side isn't. One hand is a lot of sunspots and age spots and the other one doesn't. So, you know, for me, like I said, you know, I've seen the worst scenarios where people come in with these skin cancers that I'm here to try to uh, reconstruct. And so, you know, I think you've got to do what you feel is best for yourself. I think that there are definitely natural options. But for me, as a physician who's seen this type of stuff, I tend to err more on the cautious side. It makes sense. Do you think there's a high correlation between somebody who's eating a lot of rancid oils and getting sunburn easier? I haven't seen anything in the literature on that. So I wouldn't be able to say for sure. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, with when you're looking at rancid oils, you're talking about a lot of free radicals. Uh, Free radical and oxidation is a huge part of our skin's aging. And so definitely uh, avoiding those, especially the fried foods and the ultra processed foods. You know, when I look at skin aging, I really look at four main causes that I focus on. And the first one is collagen degradation. The second one is oxidation and free radical production. And that's where those uh, the rancid oils can definitely come into play. And that's something that I mentioned in the book. Uh, the third is inflammation, specifically chronic inflammation. Acute inflammation can actually be a good thing, chronic inflammation not. And then the fourth thing is a buildup of cellular waste and basically autophagy not being allowed to occur. Uh, and so those are the four things that really I focus on in the book. And a lot of that you know, with what you teach with diet is a huge part of fighting those four causes of aging. Yeah. And I want to unpack each of those. Actually, in the book, you, you have five, you have nutrient depletion as another one, right? So that could be thrown. So let's, let's, let's unpack all of those and give some tips, but not all of it because we want everybody to get the book. Let's start with nutrient depletion. How does that cause us to age faster? So nutrient depletion is kind of, and the reason why I didn't bring it up when I mentioned the f- 
four slash five is because it is something that's very general. You know, there is there is a study actually that looked at the produce, uh, the fruits and vegetables that are released to the public basically from 1950 to 1999. And they actually looked at the uh, nutritional status of each of these and found that basically year by year, the nutritional status of these fruits and vegetables, commonly used ones, reduced every single year up until the year 1999, which is the last time that they studied it. And there were six specific ones the three ones that really caught my eye, protein, iron, and vitamin C. So year by year, you know, one of the things that a lot of holistic health experts will say is that, you know, our soil is very different now. The produce that we eat now is not as uh, nutritious as it used to be. And this was a study that actually proved that. And that study ended in 1999. And now we've got 23 years more of that. You know, so where are we at now? So nutrient depletion is a big thing and the fact that our food is not as nutritious as it used to be and that so many of us are eating ultra-processed foods that also are not nearly as nutritious as non-processed foods. So I take that out just because the problem with that, you know, is I, I like to look, especially for my audience, at very specific things that they can do and nutrient depletion is just kind of a huge problem with their entire food supply. Yeah, it sure is. So you would suggest supplementing the, some of those gaps that we're missing with our with our nutrition. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of supplements. I think that for me, one of me the too. things I do in the book, and I know you've got, uh, you're big on supplements. You're even, I think, much more, uh, how would I say it? I think uh, you know your supplements much better than me. So <laughs> the way I figure supplements, I'm very, I'm very simple with it. So the supplements that typically that I recommend, if you're looking at general anti-aging, uh, I start off with a multivitamin, ideally one um, that helps support the collagen of your skin. And we'll talk about collagen degradation um, at the end of this here. Uh, the second thing is I always recommend an omega-3. And these are some things that I know are very general that you have talked about on your podcast before. Uh, omega-3 supplement, a probiotic, and a combination of antioxidants. And so those are kind of the basic ones, but the other one that I would recommend, and it gets into the other cause of aging, is collagen. Uh, collagen is something that in traditional medicine is quite controversial, and honestly, I don't get why. Uh, so if you go online and you say, hey, you know, I, I take collagen supplements, I think it's great for my skin and my bones and my joints, there are traditional physicians who will say that that is bunk, that there's no science to show that it works, just to increase your protein, that's all you have to do. Mm. Has this happened to you? Oh my gosh, yes. And interestingly, <laughs> there's this doctor on TikTok, he's got a huge audience, he's a cardiologist, and he's all about nutrition, oh. and he's, I think yeah, he has he's come, out, he's come after me a couple has times. He? Okay, so he, it's, yeah. he's got the big, big bushy yeah. beard, and Correct. he speaks I very his name. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. He speaks very matter-of-factly. Like he's like the expert at it. He's the, he 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 calls it like taking the person to school. I think is his. No, thing, this right? is a like, different guy. But this oh, that guy, guy actually was a fan of collagen. But this other oh. guy basically reacted to the guy. I think it's like IDZ. I think is the guy you're talking about. His last That's name. the one I'm yeah, thinking yeah, about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's also like that. Basically, where he feels he's like the final authority and everything. But this Correct. other guy basically took him to task, and because and, actually IDZ Ids or whatever said that he believed that collagen. Looking at the studies, collagen actually does help. And so this other doctor, big bushy white beard, basically said that's bunk. And he said, you know, instead of wasting your money on collagen, just go buy some gelatin. It's the same thing. And it's like, oh my gosh. Wow. And the fascinating thing, Ben, is about a week and a half ago, I was on TikTok, I was scrolling, and I saw his video come up. And he put the first part of his video about him saying, you know, just go get some gelatin. And then he came to basically to, to time now, and he said, I was wrong. He said, I, I looked at the studies, and it is true that taking collagen supplements really does help with your skin, with your joints. I was wrong. And I was like blown away because this is a traditional physician who actually went back and said that he was wrong. And when you actually look at collagen supplements, you know, I'll just mention one study. It's a 2021 meta-analysis. It's over 1,200 people. They took collagen for 90 days, hydrolyzed collagen supplement, and found a statistically significant improvement in wrinkles, skin hydration, and skin elasticity. This is a meta-analysis. So now you're talking about a combination of multiple studies put together so you can increase the power and to over 1,200 people. There have been studies, prospective randomized controlled studies where they put people on collagen supplements for let's say two months and they've actually biopsied their skin afterwards and found the skin to have thicker amounts of collagen and the dermis, the thickness of the skin to be increased afterwards. Interesting. And so there is a lot of science actually to support 
that taking collagen supplements work. Uh, and so I'm a huge part of that. And, and one of the big things that I'm mentioning this is because collagen degradation is one of the big, big factors of aging of our skin. We lose 1% of the thickness of our collagen of our skin every year, starting about the age 25. Wow. Okay. Well, you've just inspired me to take my collagen more consistently because I don't hey, take it as go. consistently. Okay. That's good. Okay. So that covers the supplements that you take and recommend. As a basic. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's so much more and there are people like yourself, I think, who are so good at, at you know, giving much more, I think, advanced information where, you know, people can truly biohack their way. Uh, I myself would not dare to say, oh, I'm a biohacker because I'm not as focused in on, I think, a lot of those very specific things of like, you know, liver support and those type, adrenal support. For me, I'm looking at it more as a plastic surgeon and a holistic kind of beauty expert as kind of more regarding the skin and anti-aging in general. Yeah, that's fair. And that makes total sense. If you went into my kitchen here and looked at my pantry, it looks like the vitamin shop. But <laughs> uh, I don't take them all. I, I, there's like an art to it. I'll do supplementation ro rotation. So, you know, I'll, what I want to target is what I'll take. And then I'll finish that and target something else. So I don't want to take the same thing personally over and over and over because it loses its, its effect. So I'll rotate to different DNA, RNA tissues for like the thyroid, right? Or for the adrenals, whatever I'm trying to target, different mushroom extracts. Yeah, I heard you talking about that with Dr. Mindy Pels. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. A, a few weeks ago, and I found that fascinating because it makes a lot of sense. I haven't actually talked to anybody who's like, oh, you know, depending on what I'm doing, other than if you're going on a trip, you say, oh, depending on how I'm feeling or doing, I kind of take these supplements this day. And then if I, you know, I may kind of, it's very interesting because normally that's not what people do. They just take the same thing every day and just assume, but it does make sense. You know, our bodies do get desensitized when you keep doing the same thing over and over again. We see that with skincare as well. You know, you use the skin, same skincare products year after year after year. And a lot of people find that they don't quite get the same results. And so taking a break, maybe changing it up a little bit, uh, I do think is beneficial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's been so beneficial. That's what I teach my students, right? So even with probiotics, I'm a big fan of it, but I'll have my students and myself change different probiotic brands to change different quantities and, and different types of uh, the bacteria in there. Uh, it works really well. And the same thing with like rotating our, our fats and cooking oils and different foods. I, I really believe everything is um, diversity should be the name of the game here. And I think you look at that, you know, one of the causes of aging that I mentioned in my list is uh, with oxidation and free radicals, the way to fight that is with antioxidants, you know, and you can't just, if all you eat are apples and strawberries, like that's not enough because it's the actual pigment that is the antioxidant. And so kind of on the same level as you want, ideally, you know, to fight off that aging process, to fight off that portion that causes aging of your skin, eat the rainbow of fruits and vegetables, because now you're targeting it with all these different variety of antioxidants that unfortunately just having the same diet every single day is not going to quite do it. I'm with you hundred percent, you know, and I love keto, right? I have my company's keto camp, but I don't believe in long-term ketosis. So you even talk about keto in your, in your book and it's done well and you do it the right way, clean versus dirty. You talk about Dr. Stephanie Estima, who's a friend of mine and Anna Kabeca, who's a friend of mine. It's very therapeutic and beneficial, but most people don't do it the right way. And I think people are actually getting more harm than they are getting the benefit from keto. So my mission is to make people understand it's a metabolic tool and there's a right way to do it. If you watch any of my videos on social media, you always see me with glasses on. And I always get the question, hey, why are you wearing those glasses? These are called blue light blocking glasses. And I wear them to protect my brain and my focus. You see, we are bombarded with stimulation, especially with junk light from your computer screen, your phone, fluorescent lights, and the brain has to filter that out. These glasses, what they do is they filter out those lights for you so your brain does not have to do the work. I equate this to having a web browser open with 100 tabs. If you had 100 tabs open on your computer, that computer is going to run slow. But if you were able to eliminate 99 of those 100 tabs and now you just have one tab open, that computer will function better. This is the same thing with your brain. So there's different types of blue light blocking glasses. There are computer glasses that you would wear during the day when working with screens and under artificial light. There are light sensitivity glasses that you would also wear during the day with screens and artificial light. And then you have the blue light blocking glasses, which I wear at night, two to three hours before I go to bed, which promotes hormone health, helps your body produce melatonin, and aids in better sleep. My go-to is from Bon Charge. They have the science to back it up. 
They look super cool. The glasses come in non-prescription, prescription, and reading options. Glasses for every need. Bond Charge also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF slash 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep mask that I take with me when I travel all the time. The greatest thing about them, all backed up by science. They gave Keto Camp Podcast listeners a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do is head over to bondcharge.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout, no space in between, to get 15% off your entire order. We'll drop that link down below along with the coupon code. Go check them out and let's get back to this episode. You mentioned in your book, Advanced Glycation End Products or AGES, so appropriately named. I love talking about metabolic flexibility and the problem with high glucose and insulin levels and what that leads to insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, and then type 2 diabetes leads to a whole bunch of other really serious problems. There was a study that showed if an individual had an A1C of 7.5% or higher, so type 1 or type 2 diabetic, 7.5% or higher, every year they're at that level, they lose 100 days off their lifespan. So I did, I did the math there. That means if they had that level for 15 years, they would lose four years off their lifespan and et cetera, et cetera, because of what you talk about in the book with these advanced glycation end products. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about the problem with this. Yeah, and really what it comes down to is, is what is the great ager of our bodies and it's sugar. Now, sugar ages our body in two different ways. And it's interesting because I had a conversation with Dr. David Perlmutter a week or two ago, and you know he's so into you know the the problems with sugar and how it can impact your body in such horrible ways. And when we were talking about skin, he said, you know what? Of all the stuff that I've talked about with sugar, I never made that connection that you can actually prematurely age and look older by having too much sugar. But he's like, but it makes complete sense. And I don't know why I didn't make that connection. (laughs) And so really what it is, is sugar being the great age of the body is it's two main things that it it contributes to. And the first thing is exactly what you're mentioning. Uh, Sugar can bond to certain proteins in our body. And the main proteins that I look at as a plastic surgeon is collagen and elastin. So I mentioned earlier, collagen is about 70 to 80% of what our skin is composed of. And the part that what collagen does, it gives it the strength of our skin. It makes our skin tight and strong. And sugar can actually bond to that collagen and cause it to deform. The way I describe it to my followers and my patients is basically like the collagen is, are like the logs of a log cabin. And when you're young and your collagen is nice and, and strong and tight and you're youthful, those logs are new logs. Everything's put together very nicely. But as you get older, those laws can become kind of frayed. They can start to fall apart a bit. And now we can do treatments, and we can talk about that later if you'd like, that can cause that those logs to kind of become fall apart a little bit. And then as they are put back together and repaired, they can actually become that tight log cabin again. And that's what a lot of the cosmetic treatments like laser treatments and stuff do. Where sugar comes in is now you've got those laws that are starting to fall apart, and sugar can actually then bond to those collagen fibers and prevent them from becoming tight again. And the combination of sugar with the collagen and the elastin in your skin as well, it can combine with that, are called advanced glycation end products or appropriately titled AGEs. And essentially what you're doing is you're taking that collagen that ideally and youthfully would have youthful tight skin and causing that collagen to stay permanently kinked. And that can cause your skin then to prematurely age. So that's the first thing, you know, so reducing the amount of sugar that you eat is a huge thing. And obviously you being, you know, what you do and, and you know, sharing how to healthy do, do keto, you're reducing the amount of sugar that people are having, and that's great for the skin. Um, but the second way that sugar can cause aging, same thing as what you mentioned, it has to do with insulin. And so when you get chronic spikes of sugar, you can get chronic spikes of insulin, and eventually you get your cells, your your muscles are not going to respond as well to insulin. They're not going to absorb that insulin. Your blood sugar then goes up because now the glucose isn't going out of the cells, and now you've got major problems like type 2 diabetes. So now you're causing chronic inflammation. Essentially, chronic insulin spikes equals chronic inflammation. When you have high levels of insulin, that can also lead to higher levels of testosterone. People get adult acne. You get breakouts. You get inflammation of your skin, and there you go. And the interesting thing, Ben, is I have people come into my office every day to do consultations, and I can tell the moment that I look at them, if they're a smoker, I can tell them 
in general, kind of, I can tell what kind of diet they have, the type of lifestyle they have, all based off the quality of our skin. Because in some ways, our skin will really show what's going on the, on the inside of our bodies. Mm. Do it with me. Come on, let's do it. What do you, let me take off my glasses here and make this brighter. Give me a nice, uh, analyze my face here. What am I doing right? Can I ask you how old you are? 39, just turned 39. 39. So you've got actually, for a 39-year-old who is out uh, playing basketball in the Florida sun, you actually have really good skin. And you can see, because I'm not seeing a lot of sunspots or age spots there, you do have some very natural fine lines and wrinkles. If I would recommend anything for you, I would recommend starting on a a retinoid uh, as a skincare product. Overall, I think you've got good moisture to your skin. I'm assuming you're not using a ton of skincare products. I use lard on my face as a skincare product. Yeah. Yeah. So your skin looks actually nice and moisturized. I think, you know, one of the things that we do notice as we get older is we lose volume in our face. And so that's a very natural thing. But I also assume that you're quite lean. Yes. uh, And that could be another another factor there. And then there's some minor things that are just kind of genetics, you know, like for me, I have dark, I get kind of puffiness under my eyes. Yeah, me too sometimes. this is due to, yeah, and this is basically my parents. Yeah, thanks parents. So so I think you're doing pretty well. Something that, thank you, by the way, something that I notice when I smile a lot, have a lot of crow's feet that show up. So I know your book talks about it. So give me some tips. Why does this happen? And give me some tips to help with that. So there are wrinkles of our face called dynamic wrinkles. Dynamic wrinkles are wrinkles caused by muscles. And they basically like the crow's feet are wrinkles caused by the orbicularis oris or orbicularis oculi muscle. This is a circular muscle around the eye that when you squint, it causes you to create those lines. Now, Younger people don't get it because they have been essentially squinting enough. And eventually, the more you do that, the more those lines can get inset. And Botox works essentially by uh, preventing the transmission of ner- nerve impulses to those muscles that create dynamic wrinkles. And that's why it smooths out wrinkles like the crow's feet and the forehead and the frown lines. If you're looking for natural ways to improve the wrinkles uh, like crow's feet wrinkles, nothing's going to work quite like Botox because it's such a targeted treatment of it. But there are things that you can do different than, let's say, just some of the stuff we talked about with diet and all of that. So skincare wise, you can target that pretty aggressively by using a retinoid, which is typically retinol. It's a derivative of of vitamin A. It's a very common skincare ingredient. Most skincare companies have it uh, in one of their products. Um, I would do that. I would exfoliate a couple of times a week. Easiest thing is just to use a good scrub. Um, you can make one naturally, or there's a lot of companies that have good, nice, mild scrubs. I have my own skincare line, Yoon Beauty, so we've got a nice scrub that people use for that. And awesome. I'm happy to send you some of our products. I want to try. try it. I want to use it on yeah. my crow's feet here. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and then you can try some other things. You know, the problem with crow's feet is because they're dynamic wrinkles, nothing is going to target them directly, but you can get some minor, you know, more modest improvements by doing red light therapy. Hmm. I do that. Uh, by doing uh, micro needling. Ideally, you can even combine micro needling with some PRP, and now you're being completely natural with it. If you want to take that to the next level, then you can do something more aggressive, like a more aggressive type of a laser. That's good. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm going to try your products for sure. I, I do red light. I don't exfoliate or take retinol, so I'm going to add that into the mix. Um, and squinting, that's something that we want to pay attention to, right? We don't want to do too much squinting. Really, that's, it's wearing sunglasses. You know, That's a great way to prevent aging around your eyes is to wear sunglasses. You know, The other thing, too, is there are people who get melanoma of their actual eyes. And that's something nobody wants to get. So big fan of sunglasses. When you go out in the morning and you want to get that sun on your face, you know, you want to get that circadian rhythm working the right way, um, do that. But in general, if you're out in the sun a lot, then definitely recommend sunglasses. That's the challenge though, Tony, because we know the, the getting the sun through your retina is amazing, but then you could squint and it could cause some other problems. So having a balance is what I'm hearing. I, I agree. I think really it comes down to is just what you said, is there's a happy medium there somewhere where you feel therapeutically, where you feel healthy and, and psychologically you're getting what you need uh, and your body is getting what it needs. Uh, but at the same time, we also know that excessive sun, that can cause a premature aging. And the worst thing, once again, is... is um, skin cancer. Yeah, right on. You mentioned red light therapy. I, I love uh, red light therapy. I have this uh, big panel here. I have other little targeted devices. I use it all the time. My, my pets love them too. Like they, they pets know healing. Like my dog and our two cats, my, my fiance, as soon as we turn it on, they come into the room, they sit right in front of it. Like they know it's a healing environment, but I'm curious what you've seen in the research with what red light photobiomodulation does for, uh, for skin health specifically. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because red light therapy is all the rage in with alternative medicine experts, but you talk to traditional physicians and they don't know anything about it. You know, in plastic surgery, you know, I go to our annual meetings and nobody ever talks about red light therapy. Dermatologists, you never see them post on it. So I'm not sure why there's this kind of disconnect. When you actually look at the science, there is a lot of science to support the benefits of red light therapy for anti-aging of the skin. A lot of science to show that using red light therapy regularly can help with fine lines and wrinkles. It can help with dark spots. It can help with skin hydration and elasticity. The big question with red light therapy is exactly why does it work? And we believe that it works by helping to support the mitochondria and mitochondrial function. But I don't know of any study that's truly proven that that's the actual mechanism. And maybe that's why there's this hesitation amongst dermatologists and plastic surgeons traditionally to embrace it. Uh, they don't quite understand why it works and, and they don't understand mitochondria <laughs> anyway <laughs> in the first place. Uh, so it could be that. But really, there is actually a lot of science in the traditional scientific literature. If you do lit searches just on Medline, you can find many articles on the benefits of red light therapy for overall skin aging. And so in my book, Younger for Life, I give a couple of suggestions for people who say, okay, when we're looking at overall aging of the skin, I look at kind of five different things to focus on. The first is diet, and you cover the diet so great in your podcast, in your YouTube channel, and, and all the information that you give out. Second thing is intermittent fasting. We haven't talked about that yet. I do want to get into that before we finish. Me the too. third thing is yep. supplements, we've, we've, which we've talked about. The fourth thing is skincare, which we've taught some about. And then the fifth thing is going to be lifestyle issues and stuff like getting great sleep. These are things that you've covered so well. Getting great sleep, meditation, yoga, you know, exercising and all of that. Gratitude. Gratitude, exactly. That's a huge part of, of my book as well, is having gratitude for just all those great things in life. So really when I look at auto-juvenation and train back the clock, those are the things that I focus on that are natural. However, there are things that you can add to that that can be very beneficial. And the basic things, I would do two things, ideally at home. And the first thing is gonna be red light therapy. The second thing, not so much for guys, but for women would be dermaplaning. Very simple way to get rid of the upper layer of kind of a dead skin cells to exfoliate the skin and you get rid of some of that kind of villous hairs a lot of, a lot of people don't like. And essentially is what it is- that where you roll the thing on your face? That's a little different. So dermaplaning, okay. we actually do in our office with a very special blade, but there are dermaplane blades that you can buy just on Amazon that a lot of women are doing. It's essentially a fancy way to shave your face. <laughs> uh, and, and it really helps because your skin will feel soft afterwards. So those are kind of two very basic things I recommend people do at home. If you want to take that to the next level, if you got access to a dermatologist or a med spa, then just what you said would be the first thing I would consider, and that is microneedling. So you were talking about a dermal roller, and these are little rollers that have tiny pins on them. And the idea behind that is those tiny pins will puncture the skin. And when you create acute trauma to the skin, that collagen, those collagen fibers, those logs in the log cabins have fallen apart a bit, they've become frayed. When you create that trauma, what will happen is the collagen will denature, but it gets damaged and then it will heal. And when the collagen heals, it's like those log cabins coming back together and getting tight again. So the first thing you can do, we don't recommend generally the dermal rollers because of the rolling mechanism of them, you can get tears of your skin. If you're gonna do uh, microneedling at home, then I recommend dermal stampers. Stampers typically are round and they have little pins on the end and you literally will stamp your skin or your scalp, that can help with hair loss too, versus rolling. And that's something you can, like I said, do at home, it's just the stamping. If you wanna take that to the next level, then you add PRP, platelet-rich plasma. So we basically draw blood from a vein, we spin it down for the platelets, the platelets are chock full of growth factors, and the idea behind applying that over your space, your skin after microneedling is when you microneedle, you create these tiny little holes in your skin and those little holes are channels to the deeper skin. They will stay open for an hour or two. And so if you apply PRP or growth factor to the surface of your skin right after microneedling, it will seep into those tiny little holes and help rejuvenate your skin from the inside out. And the best part of that, it is completely natural. It's using your body's own regenerative abilities to rejuvenate itself. It's pure auto-juvenation really at its core. Um, so that I think is a great way if you wanna turn back the clock and take another step towards more than just skincare and stuff, that would be the first thing. And the great thing about that is not that expensive. Uh, when you look at the cost of different procedures, microneedling, very inexpensive compared to laser treatments and, and things like that. 
Yeah. And I love that it's stimulating your own innate intelligence to do the job versus something else like Botox or some other surgery. It, you, when you were sharing about the microneedling and what it does to create these acute uh, stressors or traumas, et cetera, it made me think that maybe the photobiomodulation might have a similar effect. Uh, no, because I know that red light therapy is kind of a stress to the body. For sure, it, it stimulates the mitochondria, but do you think there's also a mechanism of action there where it's creating a similar process to the microneedling or no? It's interesting. It's possible, but I don't know that I would consider red light therapy to be truly, therapy to be truly damaging. I mean, I think it's more nourishing is the way I would look at it. I mean, doing red light therapy, you know, there are laser helmets now that we're using for people who have thinning hair. And there's a lot of science to support low light laser therapy that can help to thicken hair. Do you have a brand, uh, and a that company is, that you like for those hats? I've seen them all, all over the place. Yeah, the one that I like is called iRestore. And a couple of years ago, I started noticing my hair thinning uh, on top. And so I started looking at, okay, you know, if you ask a dermatologist, oh, what do you do? They go, oh, just go on minoxidil. Well, there's so many other things that you can do that's not prescription and medications. And so for me, I started doing red light therapy or, or basically with the laser helmet, the one that I do, like I said, is called iRestore, but it's expensive. You know, they, I think they start at like $500. The other thing that I do uh, for my hair is topical rosemary oil. There was a study that actually looked at rosemary oil versus minoxidil. Minoxidil at the time was prescription strength. Now you buy it over the counter and found very similar results in thickening of the hair, except rosemary oil had less reaction, uh, like skin irritation and all of that. So that I'm also doing, that I'm taking a nutritional supplement, one called Nutrafol. Uh, so there are nutritional supplements specifically made uh, for the hair, and so I take that every day. Um, and then I'm also doing the dermal stamping on my scalp as well. Um, so there's a lot of things. And then if you want to take that to the next level, then injecting PRP definitely works to help thicken the hair. But all of these treatments, there are certain treatments like skin treatments that are you're creating acute inflammation, like microneedling, like laser treatments. Laser treatments create acute inflammation by heating the skin. These treatments, I think, are very different. And I, do, and I would put red light therapy in the same category as more nourishing treatments. And so you're trying to get those hairs to go into a growth phase out of the uh, telogen phase where they just kind of sit not doing anything, essentially. Uh, and I feel like red light therapy is going to be more of that nourishing type of a thing where you're nourishing your mitochondria, you're help giving it actual energy. The way a lot of people describe laser helmet type therapy is that you're kind of watering, you know, you're adding water, you're watering the plants, which is your hair, <laughs> essentially. Makes sense. That makes sense. That's a good protocol for the hair, the thickness of the hair. I've been noticing like a receding uh, hairline here. So I'm going to start putting rosemary oil and uh, I might get that. That uh, eye restore hat. Yeah, uh, so you do that about a half hour every other night. Um, and then, like I said, I combine that with the right supplements, which I'm sure you probably have those supplements in your <laughs> cabinet already. <laughs> I don't have Nutrafol, but I have uh, the <laughs> rosemary oil. Yes, yeah. Let's finish the conversation with fasting, right? That's something that I love. You talk about in the book, autophagy. W why do you love fasting so much as it relates to anti-aging and skin health? Well, we know that autophagy, which is essentially means self-eating or it's this intracellular recycling process, we know that that is a huge part of the reason why we age. And so essentially what happens, now your audience knows this because you know, you've talked about this, I know a lot, is that our cells can build up intracellular waste, uh, which are proteins and organelles that are, have been used, have been discarded. And if you don't undergo autophagy, autophagy just cleans that up essentially by using that as energy, then it can build up in the cells acting kind of like gunk that can slow down your cells' processes and make your cells less efficient. Now, we know that autophagy decreases with age. Uh, and so it's this kind of buildup of cellular waste products that does slow, slow our cells down and can cause premature aging. And so taking time to fast where you don't eat, ideally at least 12 hours. In my book, I recommend a 16-hour fast if, if that's something that you can do can help to get that process of autophagy going to help basically clean your cells from the inside out. And it's that whole inside out idea of aging, tackling it from the inside on the cellular level, but also using the right products and creams on your skin to tackle it from the outside as well. Now, the one thing that I put in the book that I'm sure you probably found really interesting, as I started thinking about, okay, people will fast and that can help improve your skin. And I've heard that from so many people, but is there a way that we can supercharge that where without having somebody have to fast for longer than they feel comfortable doing. And so what I ended up looking into is, is there any, what are the foods that can help continue potentially that autophagy process 
while you're no longer fasting. And so this is something that we tested in people is where we would have them do a 16 hour fast. So they would stop eating at 8 p.m. and then they would eat again at noon. And then we would put them on what I call an autophagy diet, where it is essentially a healthy keto diet uh, to see whether that may help to kind of continue that process of autophagy going, even though they have uh, broken their fast. And so essentially what they are is high fat, low protein foods. So we're looking at omega-3 fatty acids, so cold water fish, tuna, trout, salmon, mackerel, combined with monounsaturated fatty acids. So you're talking about nuts and seeds. And then the other group of foods that, I, that appears to help promote autophagy are foods that are rich in polyphenols. And so now we're talking about like dark colored fruits and vegetables. So blackberries, strawberries, raspberries, black beans. And so that's what we did with our volunteers. And we did this 21 day jumpstart where for one week they would clean up their diet. They would get on the right skincare products and supplements. And then week two and three, they would start that intermittent fasting. And when they break their fast, essentially go on an autophagy stimulating diet for the rest of that day and then go back on the regular collagen supporting diet the next day because we don't want to go low protein all the time, obviously. And we had great results with it. And I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, I love that. And you, what you're referring to are the like, synolytic um, ingredients in polyphenols that actually activate autophagy. Exercise could also activate autophagy. But I'm curious, what are some of the ways you measured? Because uh, we don't, we can't really measure autophagy unless we go into a lab and measure the LC3A protein. So what were some of the metrics you were paying attention to? So we don't have a scientific lab. And so literally, it's going to be patients, the people who did it and saying, hey, you know, how much younger do you feel you look? You know, how did you get, you know, people tell you anything? And, and, and it was fascinating because we had people do it two, three, literally three weeks. And they would say, you know what, I've changed this stuff, type of stuff up. And I have random people coming up to me and saying, what are you doing with your skin? Your skin looks fantastic. Or friends that meet them, they don't even know they're doing this, telling them, wow, you look great. Spouses telling them this. So we didn't have any scientific, you know, yeah, we do have in my office, it's called Vizio, where it's a high definition photo of the face and, and you can get these aging different things. Three weeks is enough where you can see radiance of your skin and your skin can essentially glow, but it's not going to make, let's say, your nasolabial folds any <laughs> lighter. It's not going to make your crow's feet go away. It's not going to make loose skin of the neck disappear, but it can get you that radiance that you may be missing. Unfortunately, it's something that we don't have a way to truly quantitatively measure at this moment. Yeah, the way that I measure it, I love that you did that, by the way, looking at photos and just asking them about their the, the compliments they would get. I like uh, Dr. Thomas Seafried's uh, work from Boston College on, he does a lot of cancer research, but he looks at glucose and ketones as a, as a gauge for autophagy. It's not a complete science and it's not as accurate as going into a lab, but as, as glucose goes down and ketones go up, it's, it's fair to say that we're getting more and more autophagy. And it makes sense that when you fast, that's going to happen. But also when you eat and you eat more high fat, low protein and low carbs, that's still going to happen. So that, that makes sense. I know what breaks autophagy is when you get that glucose and insulin rise because autophagy and glucose have this inverted relationship. So as long as you're keeping that low and getting those ketones up or, or just keeping the glucose low, it's fair to say you're probably getting some autophagy. At least I would think so. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And, and like I said, if there was some way that we can measure that, that would be truly fascinating. For me, once again, not being a scientist and being a clinician, <laughs> we had to rely on questionnaires. And it was eye-opening to see what a simple 21 days, and literally for us, we you know, had them just intermittent fast two days a week on weeks two and three. So really just kind of getting them early on into learning how to fast and stuff. And even just doing that, seeing a significant improvement when you combine that inside outside approach. You know, I think that the skincare products had a big part to do with it. The diet had a part to do with it, cleaning up their diet. And then I do feel that adding that element of the intermittent fasting just kind of was that nice icing on the cake, uh, in my opinion. I love it. Yeah, it'd be cool if we could get a continuous ketone monitor, a continuous insulin monitor, and then a continuous autophagy monitor. That's the, that's the future of science. <laughs> Whoever comes up with that, you're going to be a multi-billion dollar company. Because let's get started, Ben. We'll do it. Let's figure it out, Tony. Let's figure it out. Um, I have one final question for you, and I ask all of my guests this question at the end of our interviews, and that question is about what you talk about in the book, which is gratitude. I call it vitamin G, the strongest, most important anti aging supplement, great for skin health as well. So Tony, what do you have vitamin G uh, for today? What are you grateful for today? 
So I have two uh, high school students um, who are my my kids. So they're my my son's a senior, my daughter's a sophomore in high school. And last night we actually had my son's varsity tennis banquet. You know, and what I'm so thankful for is the privilege of seeing my kids grow up and being happy and healthy. And especially after all the craziness of the pandemic and how scary times were and and now to see them enjoying school and having these great experiences and just being kind young adults, I'm just so grateful for that. And I tell my my wife, you know, I'd love to live till I'm 120 years old, but if I live just to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married, I will die a happy man. I'm hoping to live a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my main goal is to get to that point first. That's beautiful. Uh, so I, I'm just, I'm grateful for my children, my family, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Ben. It's it's really been a, a real pleasure and, and a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I had, I had so much fun with you and I, I love that that gratitude share. Your kids must be so impressed with uh, their dads being a TikTok <laughs> star, a YouTube star. Do they talk to, the, to you about that? Well, they get a kick out of it because we had a big states tennis tournament and I took pictures with a lot of random kids come up to me <laughs> like, hey, you're Dr. So-and-so. Like, can I get a picture? And like, yeah, sure. No problem. It's it's funny because I get that all the time now where we're just out in public and people stop. Sometimes yeah. they start screaming. It's weird. Wow. Start screaming like, oh, no, I'm trying to like, oh, geez. <laughs> uh, but everybody's always very nice and, and it's fun. It's It's a blessing. That's awesome. Share your uh, your TikTok handle and your uh, social media handles for my audience. Yeah, so I'm Dr. Yoon, D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-O-U-N. Uh, on most things except on Instagram, I'm Tony Yoon MD because they won't allow me to change my name. <laughs> and my website is autojuvenation.com. That's where people can learn more about the book. Can they pre-order it there as well? Yes. Yeah, so autojuvenation.com, we've got a ton of uh, free gifts. If you pre-order the book, we've got a recipe book to help you with the 21-day Jumpstart Challenge. Uh, we've got a gift certificate for my online store if you want to try our natural and organic skincare products. And we've got uh, other types of free gifts, shopping lists and all this stuff too. So that's awesome. Uh, autojuvenation.com, my friend. Autojuvenation.com. We're going to put it down below in the YouTube and then the podcast notes. The book is called Younger for Life. Feel great. Look your best with the new science of autojuvenation. It will be out next week, January 2nd, right when the new year starts to get the ball rolling in the right direction and get some amazing momentum. Tony, I am grateful for you, my friend. I've got a lot of vitamin G for you, your energy, your enthusiasm, your knowledge and experience. And uh, I want to do a round two with you, hopefully in person here in Miami. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. Thank you so much, Ben. It's really been a pleasure. I hope you loved that conversation with Tony. He's fun. Go follow him on his social media, his YouTube. We'll put all that down below. Get his book. We put a link for it down below for you to pre-order it. Or if it's if you're listening to this after January 4th or January 2nd, excuse me, then go get it. Get it uh, at your bookstore. Get it on Amazon. Get it with the link down below, however, however you want to do it. His uh, beauty products you can also get. We'll put a link down below for you to look up the Yoon Beauty products, the anti-aging skincare products that I've been using myself. Please consider sharing this with a friend. If you want to watch the video version of today's interview, all of our video interviews could be found on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. Hope to see you on our upcoming challenge just a few days away, January 8th. Head over to ketocampchallenge.com. Have an amazing day. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.